Welcome to episode 28 of Flights, uh, Football, and Anything Else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it because I have to say it for our listeners, because l- last time I didn't say it, I got chewed out, but uh, better than most, not as good as some, but just recovering from being under the weather a little bit. How about you, Mike? So there's an asterisk. To, asterisk. Yes. Oh, I hate that word. It fucks me up all the time. Um. <laughs> I'm doing quite well. I'd be Good. remiss if I didn't start the episode off by wishing, wishing, wishing one of our faithful listeners, uh, my mother, hey. a happy 79th birthday today. I don't know if she wants me to acknowledge her age, but hell, 79, you're 79. Hell yeah. You know, you know. So happy birthday, mom. Was over there earlier, had some pizza, took a dip in the pool, nice. and... Otherwise doing great, other than this 90 degree weather, as anybody who knows me, I mean, I'll take overcast with a drizzle in 46 over this nonsense any day of the week. This this is just too hot. This is dumb. I hate it. It just sucks. Right, right. Yeah, well, I don't, I mean, if it gets too hot, I mean, that's, I guess, what the pool's for, but, uh, but yeah, if it gets oppressive... Now there's a dry heat. Maybe we maybe we get into that later on. Whether that's you know, yeah, hot is hot. I like, yeah, I don't yeah. care. Hot is hot. And your mention of the pool at my mom's house. I was in the pool, and yes, when you're actually in the water under the water, it's refreshing. <laughs> but I get a sunburn if sure. my alarm clock light is too bright. I burn. <laughs> so even though I was refreshed earlier in the day, I know because my face is beat red tonight when I'm trying to go to sleep. Well, tonight's a bad example because I'll be drunk enough tonight where I'll, I'll just go to sleep on my own. But I'll wake up right. in the morning just feeling like my body temperature's at 116 degrees. But, um, but yeah, it is what it is. I mean, we live in Michigan, and shit happens. Uh, interesting trio, and as we were putting the lineup in order, I randomly do it. Honest engine. Can you even say that? Honest yeah. to Mike. Um, I not that anybody cares, but like this is like at least the third time right. I have ranked our beers from lowest to highest on tap rating. So our first one on the docket is Northern Trippin' from Tapestry Brewing in Bridgman, Michigan. It's a New England style IPA, 6.3 alcohol with 50 IBUs, and the untapped crowd uh, brings in at 3.71. And something I never looked at until you brought it up a couple pods ago. Only 7,100 check-ins. So I would imagine Bridgman Brewing uh, or Tapestry Brewing in Bridgman, Michigan is kind of a smaller brewing company. So therefore not as many people taste their beers. But And I'll get into that as we get into the tastings. But um, So anyway, without further ado. I bet you they're close enough to Indiana, though, that they, and not that Chicago's in Indiana, but if you're... If you're around the edge of the lake like that, um, I bet you they're hoping to distribute to Chicago or you know a larger area. Oh yeah, like for that. sure. Ooh, now, good, uh, good pour. Good pour by both of us. Twenty-eight episodes in, it looks like we're learning a few tricks of the right. tray. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Good sta- New England style yep, IPA. Yep. No different flavors other than your typical IPAs. Right. Which is far different, you know, actually my pre-potting usually consists of some IPAs. I was all over the board today. 
had three Miller lights, two Bud lights, a fog cutter, and a Budweiser. So yeah, the fog cutter mix in there is just like the the knockout punch. And it's funny after 28, so 28 times three. After today, math guy here for that'll be 84 beers approximately we've sampled. Correct. In the yeah. 84 beers, that, I, although I think the first couple episodes we only did two tastings, but anyway, yeah. let's say roughly 80 beers. Right. So after 80 beers and the styles we drink, even the non-IPAs we drink are heavier than most. I mean, you drink a Miller Lite, it's almost like, oh. hey, I'm drinking a water. Right. And, right. and after right. you know nine waters, sure, you're going to get drunk, but <laughs> um, just the body of a a middle Miller Lite or Bud Light just isn't where what we taste on the pot. Right, exactly. I, I, I couldn't have said that better. I totally agree. Um, yeah, uh, before I get in, uh, we talk about what the weekend sports that was. Um, I noticed during our the summer month, I'm going to give our listeners a little, a little pass here. It's summer. You got better things to do than listen to two idiots talking about beer you're traveling you got family coming over you got grad parties you got weddings even in this covid state um but with our listenership dwindling dave i mean i mean it's still well into the millions but i mean it's coming down substantially yeah um i wonder if we almost have to do a kramer a la seinfeld and just pull the plug on the merv griffin set and come up with another idea diversify and i've got a couple ideas i mean we could go with uh buds and brews hops and herbs or even like something uh as simple as token sip now i i'm gonna <laughs> i won't name names here i think though the people that are listening know who i'm ta- referring to i would have to lie on their excellence for the buds herbs or tokes portion of it sure and i don't even know how you would go about doing that as a tasting but that would diversify the program because now we're getting beer drinkers and um the other stuff and i like i said i know i know at least three people that listen to the pod you know you're out there reach out to me see if we can expand the brand um and we'll and we'll go from there you know the little you know buds and brews you know buds meaning friends like our double entendre of flights football and anything else right so Anyway, like, like I say, you know, you, you got to do anything when 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 the numbers are down. You know, the exec, you know, the big wigs in the front office are saying, "Hey, you guys are, yeah, you're, da- you're downtrending." Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, we can entertain other ideas. Um, anyway, sports on the docket. I thought the most interesting thing in sports this week was the NHL draft or NHL lottery. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. And at first, when I heard about it, I'm like, that's the stupidest idea. Seriously, the Red Wings, who are the worst team out there, are going to get the fourth pick? And then, because how it worked out is they took the seven teams that didn't get to finish the season. Right. If the season ever does finish. You know, finish. And then they had a lottery. And the Kings got the second pick. The Senators got... The third pick uh, via San Jose. The Wings got the fourth pick. The Senators got the fifth pick, which is their own pick. That's how bad the Senators are. The Ducks, six. The Devils, seven. And the Sabres, eight. And you're saying, well, who's got number one? Yeah. 
Well, that's the key here. The number one pick in the 2020 NHL draft will belong to one of the 16 teams that will compete for the final eight spots in the Stanley Cup bracket. And like I said, my first take on it was that's dumb. I, but then I start thinking, well, kind of doesn't that kind of eliminate tanking? Because like, okay, hey, you're yeah, terrible. To a, yeah, to a certain yeah, degree, hey, it does. Red Wings, yeah. you're terrible, but you're not getting the first pick. So tank all you want if you want to tank. And I'm not saying sure. the Red Wings tank, but right. And the Red Wings, the worst team in the NHL, NHL, wound up with the fourth pick. This way, it's like, all right, you know, right. a team that's better than seven others. So you you have to at least play and compete to get a chance for the number one pick. So the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? That's really not a bad idea. Yeah. So yeah. No, I, I agree. And I hadn't heard of that. I'm glad you brought that up. That really makes a lot of sense because there are, I mean, you got to know there's teams that, and maybe they're not. Maybe they're not even tanking intentionally, but they just give up exactly. and don't give a shit. And exactly. And, and that the NHL, when they announced that they were doing it that way, they didn't even say, hey, we're trying to prevent tanking. It, but it just said the eight losing teams from the opening round of the playoffs will each have a 12.5% chance of winning the top selection as a built-in and tasty consolation prize. So it's like, hey, play hard to get to the playoffs because the goal is to win the Stanley Cup. If you, right. don't, if you don't make it to the playoffs, you don't get to the Stanley Cup. Right. But, hey, if you lose, you're going to get a 12.5% chance to wind up number one. Right. And get the best player in the league. And I can't even pronounce the kid's name who it is. It's supposed to be Alexis Lafreniere. Sure. That's sure. A, that's Sounds good, good enough to me. Yeah, it's a good enough... Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I never thing. took any French other than I know we, yes, <laughs> and, and only right. because now why is that a porn magazine? We means yes. I, I mean, I guess yes. You want to see naked women? <laughs> That's a porn magazine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if it still is, but oh, okay. Back in the day, you know, back in my younger days, when that was your source of uh, entertainment, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know. You, you're more of a, okay. we. <laughs> You, you honestly never heard of I Wee never know. No, that's how, uh, no, that's how under yeah, that's a rock French, I've been. The French version of, uh, I would say probably Playboy. It wasn't quite as uh, Not a hustler lewd as Hustler. Like yeah, okay. Hustler was always, you know, Hustler, I liked Hustler better than Playboy simply because the jokes were cruder and it was a little, it was slightly more sure. vulgar. Yeah. Playboy, a lot of people read Playboy. They had Playboy. better articles. Playboy had the better articles, yeah. The Playboy jokes were great, which were always on the back side of the centerfold. <laughs> I, I don't. Really? You don't no, know, no, right? I don't. Honestly. And, uh, at, one, at, one point, at one point, a subscription ended up coming to, the, to our house in college, but nobody really knew how it got there. So either it was some kind of a prank that, you know, obviously nobody minded, but, uh, but yeah, I don't. That was about the last time. By the time you got to your viewing of the magazine, where the pages all stuck together. <laughs> uh, most of the time, sure. Well, uh, my favorite, my favorite section, uh, section of the hustle was the, what it was the hustler beaver shoot. <laughs> and then what magazine did the girl next door? I think that was Penthouse. Okay. Penthouse did the girl next door, and then that would be where. Common folks sent photos oh, yeah, in, and okay. they would post like, yeah. I, I I think I just like the name Beaver Shoot better than the girl <laughs> next door. Um, anyway, 
baseball, I didn't really dive into it, but baseball's planning on going on, business as usual, and the question brought up, like, oh, what if a team all of a sudden tests positive? Apparently, the way baseball's set to go about it is, hey, you know, the Oakland A's, it sucks for you guys. Right. The show must go on. You guys are out. Right. And they're just, the Oakland A's just are done playing. Yep. Which, I guess that will guarantee an end. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like, all right, hey, Oakland, you guys have 18 guys test positive for COVID, so... What is what's the particulars on that though? I mean, how many have to test positive before the whole team? That just I, the majority uh, of your players well, that you can't yeah, field, yeah, you can't field like the team. Or meaning, like let's say the Yankees, for example, like if Judge Stanton and Garrett Cole all go down, Major League Baseball saying, "Hey, that sucks for you." Sure. Put somebody else in there. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I assume I, that because that's the way the rest of the leagues that are playing are doing it. Right, and it's like, um, and let me look this up here. Nothing like a live podcasting. Well, I imagine it's it's going to be you know as long as you have enough people that te- that test negative, you know you can put them on the field. According to a newly revealed passage of the agreement between the MLB and the Players Union, Commissioner Rob Manfred will decide if and when it is appropriate to suspend or cancel an individual game or entire season. His decision will be based on several factors, including the competitive integrity of the game. Really, but that. The report does not clarify MLB's definition of competitive integrity or how many COVID-19 cases would be required for Manford to consider suspending or canceling operations, nor does it explain how a team going on hiatus or dropping out would alter the schedule or standing. The league is determined to play 60 games in 66 days, so there's literally no wiggle room to rework travel and reschedule a block of games that could be canceled. Would teams just be rewarded when for having the ability to show up? Would they finish with less games? None of that is clear. What is clear is that Major League Baseball is hopeful this scenario will not occur. However, with COVID-19 cases spiking across the country, due to the fact there's more testing, and across the baseball landscape, no scenario, even the worst of worst cases, should be reasonably ruled out. So, yeah. but I guess if, if team gets a lot of cases, Sayonara, you're out, you weren't going to win anyway, you suck. Right. And, and I'm for that. Yep. Um, and one final note, the NBA will start its season, as of now, on July 30th. And it has been stated that players can replace the names on their jerseys with a social statement, with a statement on social justice. On the back, so instead of uh, James, sure. it would be whatever his social statement is. And with that, that is the last word that I will ever speak of the NBA on this podcast. Read between the lines, assume this, assume that, whatever you want to do. With that, this will be the last mention of the NBA by yours truly. And I'm sure they're really disappointed they're going to miss me watching maybe one game of the NBA Finals, because never watched it anyway. Right. So, who cares? NBA, hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm still digesting that whole thing, so I don't have any kind of an opinion yet. All right. Well, that will make for awkward podcasting when you're starting to talk about, hey, did you see the, the, the NBA right. Finals where so-and-so scored 46 points on 13 three-pointers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, that, that's possible. <laughs> and I'll be like, "Yeah, nope. don't know, Dave. Didn't watch, didn't hear, right. didn't see it. 
Um, what do you, you think it's time to rate Northern Tippin? I think it is. Trippin. Trippin. Northern Trippin. Northern Trippin. All right. You host. Um, I like it. It's very tasty. It's very refreshing. It's not, uh, it's not knocking my socks off like a couple of the others um, that we've had. Not necessarily from that brewery. I'm just saying from uh, the New England IPA style. I'm going to hang right there close to the untapped crowd. I'm thinking it's worthy of a 3.55. All right. You and I are in the same ballpark, which, like you, I concur with what you said nearly 100%. Very drinkable. Nice IPA tasting beer, but it's not no wow factor. Right. Um, I'm going as you were coming up with your rating. I had in my head. I'm going three point five zero. All right, Dave. Second selection of episode twenty eight is our only bottle of the night, and uh, for our multitude of German listeners out there. I apologize because I surely will butcher the pronunciation of this, but we have a Kalmbacher Eisbach. 9.2 alcohol, the infamous NA IBUs, and it comes in an untapped rating of 3.74 with more than double the check-ins of our first selection at 17,000 check-ins on untapped. Um, nice. Story behind this is it was inadvertently invented in Kallenbach on one bitter winter day when an apprentice brewer accidentally left wooden barrels of Bach bitter in the brewery yard, causing them to burst. When the ice was chipped away, a richer, more concentrated dark lager remained inside the barrels. So, without further ado, let's pop the top of these bottles. So my question is, is there this big chunk of ice and in the middle of it is some beer and they're just chipping away yes, at the ice? And that's what I would, I would assume because the ice froze, the barrels burst, the ice froze around the beer and then they chipped away the ice. Obviously they had to have found it when it was still frozen. Right. They probably walked out there and said, you dumb son of a bitch, the barrel's burst. Well, let's see what we can do. And then <laughs> they came up with the old Eisbach. We're not wasting it. Darker pour. It is. You know, so clearly not an IPA, which I'm I'm prone to give you the three IPAs per night, but I deviated from the norm. Going out of your comfort yeah, it's, zone, it's called It's called progress, Dave. It's called progress. Now, that's not a stout pour or a porter pour. It's just a darker, like a brown ale, yep, like a then, real brown ale. This is the original German Eisbach. Cheers. Cheers. That's got some notes and stuff yeah. that hit right away that I was kind of like, eh. But now it's yeah, settling out a little bit. Yeah, they're but they're... Uh, Definitely different than an IPA. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely no IPA taste to it, but it's, um, would you say a, a stout or a porter? Because it's got a rich it thickness does. to it. I'll be honest. I mean, you ask that question, and the first thing that comes to mind is a lot of the stouts that we've been drinking have coffee and chocolate and all these other things in it. So... I, I There's a hint of cocoa on my palate. In my, you know, yeah. 
I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep drinking this while we're talking. Do the this day in yep. sports segment, and then um, I'll let you know. All right, sounds good. Um, before we get into this day in sports, the TDIS portion of the program, if you will, incident happened on my walk with uh, my dog Ruby today. Do tell. As uh, my buddy at the Fishman Eight would say, there was an incident. We're walking on the rail trail, and the other one, the other person I like to quote in this and I, this podcast that I've quoted numerous times is my uh, BFFGF, Judge <laughs> Marilyn Millian of the People's Court. She always says, "Everybody has control of their dogs until they don't." Wise, and, wise words. And Ruby and I are walking the back of the rail trail. In the back of a duplex, there's always, and she's, Ruby is always leashed, leashed, and I see that, you know, about two houses away, I can see they're outside playing with their dog, and inevitably, what they do is they throw a frisbee or a ball, the dog runs very close to the rail trail, retrieves said frisbee or ball, right, brings it back to the owner. Yeah. Owner throws the frisbee ball, dog runs out, retrieves it, and Ruby nor that dog paying any, so today I'm walking the dog, and I'm thinking, okay, well, they're throwing a frisbee today, never had an incident before, so no big deal. So as we get right behind the house, this dog is probably 10 feet from the rail trail, there's no frisbee ball, and I'm like, ah. Fuck. It, you know, because it's like, all right, well, I mean, I'm not afraid, but it's like, at, at that point, what do you, I mean, right. you can't let your dog or yourself be mauled to death. Right. right. Nor can you, I mean, I'm there. I mean, I can't just teleport away. Like, right. oh, whoop, I'm gone. So I'm thinking, all right. And then all this, because normally this dog turns around and there's never been an incident. It's the same dog retrieving the... Today it was a Frisbee. Normally it's a ball, but today it was a Frisbee. And then, so I see the dog coming, I'm thinking to myself, I'm listening to the Spittin' Chicklets podcast from last Thursday. Got the earbuds in, I'm like, ah, fuck. And then, so I kind of like grab the leash, I turn to kind of keep Ruby and the dog separated, and this dog comes out, he's now he's on, and I'm thinking to myself, is the owner ever going to do anything? It's like, at what point do I fucking just let go of the leash? And come unglued on the owner, but it's like I honestly think Ruby can handle herself to a degree. But then, on the same token, I mean, listen, I don't take her, right. you know, into dog fights. You know, <laughs> I don't, you know, hell, you know, maybe a uh, a um, a squirrel would destroy Ruby and kill sure. her. I and mean, I don't want to watch my dog get just destroyed and mauled no, as right. I'm walking her. Yeah. So I'm, you know. And then anyway, the dog, the other dog gets on the other side of me, and I'm kind of like tangled up in the leash, and Ruby like lunges towards the other dog. I couldn't tell if the dog was male or female. And R- Ruby gives out a big bark. The dog kind of like jumped back onto the grass, and then by that time, the owner right. had the leash, harness, collar, whatever it was, put it on, right. and I could hear the bad dog. What are you doing? What's the matter with you? And I could... And I'm like, you know, just tell them, hey, good girl, you know. Yeah, cause she, right. And, but anyway, my point in the whole, this, where I'm going with this is like, I mean, 
when you're in that situation, what do you do? I mean, like I said, I, mean, yeah, oh, no, I don't want to just let go of the leash and then have my dog just m- murdered right there in broad daylight or murder another dog. Or The only thing I've ever done with Duke is the only thing you can hope to do is get a hand on the collar. And then so then you can bring that hand back and then your other hand can go forward to keep the other dog. Or quite frankly, at that point, you know, you're on the rail trail that dog is off of the right, property. Yeah, yeah if, there was, if, there were, if there was an incident, that owner's liable for that. But that, yeah. you know, if I get two fingers bit off and a dead dog, I mean, that his liability doesn't do me any good. But, but it, and then at, no, but in that situation, if their dog gets a little foot to the, to the head or to the chest, and I'm not, you know, I'm not about abusing animals in any way, shape, or form. But if, like you said, if a dog's coming at me, I never just like that. a person because at because at some point I got to let Ruby and she wasn't backing down. Ruby wanted to go. I mean, yeah. it was like hey, but, and and at, you know when I'm tangled in the leash and the other dog's in front. At that point, I'm just like all right. Yeah. And then she lunged at the other dog. The other dog bounced to the grass on the other side of the rail trail. Right. And then by that time, and there was no apologies or anything, which. It was because it was a younger kid that was with the dogs. Oh, I didn't. Sure. I didn't have any oh, okay. animosity right. with that. No big deal. But it, right. I'm thinking to myself because I saw it coming. I'm like, I because normally that dog just turns and goes back to the owner. Yeah, and right. today I knew it was like it was Damn. like oh fuck. Yeah. You know. Should have let Ruby go and just looked at the kid and said even odds. Well, yeah, and I would love to do that if I knew Ruby's background, but it would be like oh shit. Well, how do you go home with just an empty leash over your shoulder? Yeah, Ruby lost one. You guys want her? She's on the rail trail back there. So, but anyway, I thought that yeah. was interesting. It was like, well, I mean, yeah. a lot of people with dogs have that issue. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but you know, you keep them on the leash to do the best you can, and sure. let the chips fall where they may. Um, not a lot happened on my mom's birthday of June twenty-eighth. I did have. A couple. I'll go with my first one that I thought was the coolest of all of them, and then I'll, you can go, and then I'll give my asterisk. Okay. Asterisk. That there it is. There it is. Asterisk. 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 All right, there it is. Say it three times and you own it. Um, After the third tasting, I'll have to try it again. <laughs> all right, we'll do that. Yeah, fuck. Now the pressure's high. <laughs> um, anyway, June 28, 1971. 49 years ago today, I was a wee lad of four years old. In a performance out of the movies or Little League Baseball, any anywhere in the world where you have little Timmy Doe who is just head and shoulders above everybody else, the Phillies' Rick Wise, who's a pitcher, Hits two bombs and throws a no hitter in a four nothing Phillies victory. He, I believe, he was uh, two for four, scored two of the four runs, obviously because he hit two homers, and he knocked in three of the four runs. I mean, so you know what a you know like what a big swinging dick performance. I mean, hey, I want to I'm going to hit two homers, (laughs) knock in three runs, pitch a no hitter. You know, I mean, what I mean, you talk about that? That I mean, that's like a little league performance. Oh yeah, that, you know, because in little like, league, your best player is your pitcher. And you're it, looking to the fans. You're looking to the yeah. other dugout, and you're like, "Guess what, everybody? I'm the man today." <laughs> exactly. So just step back. So I thought that was cool. So 49 years ago today, Rick Weiss hit two bombs and a no-no. That dog's pretty impressed too. 
He cheered him on. He yeah. cheered on, on Rick White. Either that or maybe that's a good day. That's a good this day in sports, Mike. Either that, that or maybe that's that dog followed me from the rail trail and watched Retribution. He said, "Hey, I didn't give Ruby my fucking A game." So, um, the one I've got is also from 1971. I was one years old at that point, uh, or one year old. I was going to correct you in that good yeah, call in the correction. I got it. But this is uh, this is kind of an, a historical event as well. I mean, not only in the sporting world, but in general. I think it was kind of a headliner uh, in the news at that point. But uh, the U.S. Supreme Court overturns eight to zero the draft evasion conviction of Muhammad Ali. I can't really speak about it because I was one year old. Well, I know he because seventy one. That would have been the well. Just before that, that would have been Vietnam, right? Well, I think, you know, prior, 68, 69. Right, he was, was drafted, and so he said he wasn't, and he went from Cassius Clay right. to Muhammad Ali. It finally got to the Supreme Court in 1971. Right. So, I, yeah. So. Exactly. And it was today that they said, okay, you're not going to be penalized. Correct. Because you're a hell of a fighter, so, hey, Special talents get special and decisions. I, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I did not fact check or research this, but I think it was his, you know, his religious affiliation as well. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why I didn't. Yeah. I think to get out of the draft isn't that why he went from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali? Sure. I, I mean, some people can speculate. I was only one year old. I was four. So what did I yeah. know? I didn't. I wasn't sure of his motives. Right. But, uh, but that is a cool name too. Sure. I like Cassius Clay better, actually. Eh, true. Cassius Clay. That sounds yeah. more badass, actually. Kind of. They both, uh, they, they there, both there, there are plenty of Mohammeds. How many uh, Cassius do you know? True. I never thought of it that way. Cassius Clay's a badass. Yeah. Muhammad Ali's like a wannabe. Yeah. I like Cassius Clay. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. Um, What's now your my, next one? My second one, and here's where the asterisk comes into play. Nice. Now, it hasn't been implemented yet. Therefore, I can bring this up on a TDIS segment. But eight years ago today, the Pelicans selected the unibrow, Anthony Davis, number one overall in the NBA draft. Nice. Because, hey, if you stuck with us this long, you know in episode one I said that was the last word I would say on the NBA. But, like I said, the social justice situations on the back of the uniform has not happened between segment one and segment two so therefore there's where the asterisk is so i'm in the clear listeners so don't fucking hold me accountable for nothing (laughs) technicality my second one uh of interest and you kind of have to be a golf fan to know this but it's interesting if you're not a golf fan 1975 reigning pga champ lee trevino and playing partners jerry hurd bobby nichols jim arndt Tony Jacklin are struck by lightning at the Western Open and they suffer just minor burns. Now, the thing about that is I remembered, hey, I think Lee Trevino's been struck by lightning more than once, so I looked that up. He's been struck three times. Wow. And third time's a charm. Third time. Well, it, it, he, he's still kicking. I don't know how, what you meant by the charm, but well, maybe he it may die. make him he, a superhero. He didn't die. I mean... Oh, true. Now... Yes. I'd like how how do they verify that? Like cuz that's a lot of it cuz the odds of being struck by lightning are not I tell you what, if I'm on a golf course and lightning hits anywhere on the property, I'm shitting my pants. I mean, I'm just that's I mean, oh. I, I see that's why I don't golf. <laughs> Stay away from lightning. 
But there was a there, there's a there's a fundraiser for a young man that uh, in the Michigan um, MSHAA, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, in their if I remember in the business, this correctly, this is called a Segway. This is a Segway, um, and of course the name escapes me. But I did play in this fundraiser two times back twenty some years ago. Um, he was at the state championship, and the course somewhere on the course got struck by lightning. Lightning came down, boom. He happened to be standing on a sprinkler head at the time. So, oh, it's bad, really bad. So, um, you know, that stuff does happen. It's kind of, it's kind of frightening when it does, and you know, some people get the. So, the fact that Lee Trevino, at least, is credited with being struck by lightning three times and had no ill effects is pretty amazing. I think it's one in three hundred thousand chance of ever getting struck by lightning. What? The fundraiser, yeah, what happened to that young man? Did he die or? No, no, I, to my knowledge, he's still with us. Okay, because um, that's kind of a bummer to the podcast. If no, no, he did No, the fundraiser was for medical bills, treatments, mm. special chairs, you know. Any, oh, so he was fucked up then. Oh, he, he was, in, oh yeah, he couldn't, he was. And Lee Trevino said it happened three times with right. nary an a ill effect? Uh, apparently, right. All right. Yeah, so that's. To be lucky is an understatement on that one. What do you say we rate the old Eisbach, Dave? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I rate. I, no, you rated first last time because you went three five five, and I. Uh, you know what? Our listeners are going to be stunned because this is not an IPA. Not one iota of an IPA taste. No, would no, this is. I, I would agree with what you said earlier. You were asking me, you know, is this close? Is this a stout or a? Or a porter, and yeah. I would definitely go in that direction. I wish I, I, I could bore the listeners in as they hear this right here. That's notes of twenty-seven previous podcasts, right? And if I didn't want everybody to just jump ship right now and stop listening, I would go through episode by episode and look for rank, my rankings of non-IPA beers, but. This, I love this beer. I I, I think I'm, I'm going to. Sh- I'm shocked. I, I'm I, looking I, at you I, right I, now, and I'm I totally think, shocked. I think this will be my highest rated nine non IPA beer yet. Um, I'm going four point one five. Absolutely, a rich, yep, smooth taste, and I still get the, a cocoa, sure, taste on the notes. I mean, it, it's. I love it. Delicious beer. 4.15. I am going a little bit less than that, closer to the untapped crowd, but I like it as well. Um, but with the stouts and porters that we've tried, um, as our listeners know, that, you know, if, if it's got a, I've got a little bit of a sweet tooth. So this does not, to me, have that, but it's very flavorful. It's got a full body. I'm going 3.9. Zero, and our listeners right now, Dave, are like, the world's gone mad. <laughs> Dave, 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 Dave ranked an IPA higher than Mike, and Mike ranked a non-IPA <laughs> higher than Dave. What the in hell is going on? world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I real, I actually really, and, and hey, you know, three point nine zero from you is, yeah, I mean, you good. liked it as well. But yeah. I mean, as far as non-IPAs are concerned, I really love this Eisbach. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Dave. 
third and final tasting, but we owe it to our listeners as we're recording live. Late breaking news. One more time. Apparently, Cam Newton has signed with the New England Patriots. Wow. Uh, in, a, in a quest of the rich get richer, I don't know. I, well, I mean, he, he didn't do much for Carolina in the last couple of years because he had some injuries. and But he's definitely an upgrade for what they were going in the season with. And you heard it here first on episode 28 of Flights Football and anything else, the New England Patriots. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a fucked up actually, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what did I just out of my out of body experience? Out of body experience or what? I think you wanted to say New England IPA, but then you realized yeah. you were thinking about it. No, I'm talking yeah. about the Patriots. I don't know. This thing may be going off the rails quicker than I thought. But anyway, um, you heard it here first, episode 28. The New England Patriots right will have a better record than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What? You heard it. Oh, wow. Absolutely. I don't wow. I don't even look for the uh, Buccaneers to make the playoffs with Brady and Gronk. You heard it here first. Fans, no fans. Oh. As long as the NFL plays games, Bucks not in, Patriots in. Patriots will not win the Super Bowl. Patriots will make the playoffs because the rest of that division sucks ass anyway. I but anyway. I cannot wait to have this. So I... mark it down, listeners. Dave, mark it down. Episode 28. I fired the first salvo. Patriots have more wins in the box. Um, I'm writing it down right now. All right, June 28th, my mom's 79th birthday. Happy birthday again, Mom. Love you. Happy birthday. Um, third and final tasting. We have a little hazy memory, which very apropos for my Mondays after a podcast. <laughs> you know, I wake up sometimes in a panic like, did I make it through the random question? Shit. That's pretty fucked up. And then it's like, whew, all right, well, I checked my phone. There's no text from Dave. Like, hey, what happened? Where are you? What, what did you do? So I figured I made it through the episode. Anyway, Hazy Mondays from Laguanitas Brewing Company from Petaluma, California. Cali. Alcohol, 8%. So middle of the pack of the three. 55 IBUs, the highest of the three. And as I mentioned earlier, we went 371, 374. This has an untapped rating of 3.85 from an impressive nearly double the second selection. Thank you very much, sir. You are welcome. Uh, 33,000 check-ins on on tap. Now, I would imagine, you know, Lagunit is a fairly big brewing company. Yeah. So a lot of it, stand, distribution. it stands to reason they're going to get more check-ins than uh, Tapestry Brewing from Bridgman, Michigan. Yep. But nonetheless, this gives you a comparison. We had 7,000 check-ins, 17,000 check-ins, 33,000 check-ins. So without further ado, let's crack this 16-ounce pint glass of hazy memories. And as we pour, we've ruled out the bottle from the best logo. Agreed? Yep, agreed. And it, the best logo comes down to Tapestry Brewing's Northern Trippin' to Laguanita's version of the can, Hazy Memory. It's going to be close. We'll do this at yep. the end. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it at the end. 
Cheers. Cheers. Yes. There's mm. my, there's my go-to beer. Yeah. Although, if our listeners remember, this is an initial initial reaction. I might change this by the end of the segment. It does have a little bit of that piney. Yes. At That's the, end. the IPA beauty of it. Right. Well, some IPAs have that piney finish to it. Um, I think in the early pods, for you know the let's say the half a million listeners that started off with us, you know, in the beginning, you know, you called it soapy a little bit. Yeah. That's that. You know what I mean? But yep. I mean, I think it's more or less. I think the official word for that taste is piney. Um, so we'll see how that goes. You know, get about halfway through it and see if that's the. Fair enough. Um, hey. Your turn for the random question, but before we get to that, let's see if one of our guests actually listens to the pod after his appearance. I was just wondering if our uh, Flights Football and anything else brewmaster has come up with any ideas for the pod beer, which we discussed on episode 24? That's what I was going to say. So, Jim, if, if you're listening... Get back to us. If you're not listening, you may be fired as a brewmaster. (laughs) It was episode 24. Now, I did get word through the the grapevine that they were actually on their way to brewing that, um, oh, geez, what was he? uh, Heisen. Yeah, their beer. Yeah. And I, I guess in fairness, I guess he, you know, with his setup he probably can only go one at a time right oh yeah for sure yeah no yeah he still has kind of like a bad prospect he still has (laughs) he still has a day job well that that sounds like a him problem (laughs) i need a pod beer produced so we can get it on the market and get these rankings back up (laughs) all right random question so jim if you're listening reach out to us let us know our progress hey if it's money you need let us know I'll buy the hops. Oh, the coffers are full. So, random question. All right, you ready for this? Yes, sir. This is a question that's asked by most pet owners, and it's very ironic that you bring up, you know, your issue, or not your issue, but the incident with, uh, with Ruby. Do you kiss your dog or not? Now, that's not a personal, like, it, it could be. You could take it any way you want. Is that a do you do that? Or is that a, you know, should people do that? Now, my answer is going to come with a an addendum, if you will. Do I kiss my dog? Yeah. When she, you know, when I come home from work and she's laying on the couch like a slug, like, you know, after, you know, after a long, hard day of doing nothing, you know, I'll go down there, scratch her belly, put my face to her face. She licks my nose. Her breath is horrendous. And I'm like, ah, continue sure. to scratch her belly and I move on. So... In that sense, I kiss my dog. If you're at, if you're asking, do I kiss my dog in like his sexual advance? <laughs> like, oh, baby, yeah, baby, let's go. Like, give me that tongue. Well, no, I don't do that. But yes, and as far as should you do it, um, because some, pet, I mean, yeah, you, you the, see that that some pet owners are like, oh, you know, and they get their face right in there. Yeah, I mean, I've never reciprocated with the tongue, if no. that's what you're asking. But I let her lick my face, and like I say, her breath, sure. her breath is rancid. So no, I do not. You know, I don't. 
right. indulge in further. But you know, she's my girl. And, you know, you know, she'll roll over in the yeah, this position question. with the arms up, and I scratch sure. her belly, and a little Eskimo kiss, nose and nose. And then inevitably, she'll lick my face, and it'll be like, oh, your breath stinks. Then I back off. Sure. So, yes, in answer to your question, yes, I, I guess I do kiss my dog. Okay, so the reason that came up in a conversation earlier in the week, and when I fact-checked it, it's it's very interesting how it's kind of like, it's like, well, it depends. Depends on what your dog is doing. If you see your dog licking its butt quite a bit, that would probably be an indication of not putting your face down there so your dog can lick your face, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um... And apparently, you know, dogs have different bacteria than humans do. Sure. So some of that bacteria and, it, you, know, you know, could be harmful to humans. And some of the human bacteria could be harmful to your dog, actually, back and forth. Right? I ain't buying that shit. You're not I, buying I'm that not shit? I'm not fucking buying that okay. shit. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'll be 53 in September. I've had four dogs. One was... Liz brought into the marriage because her dog Blue. Love you, Blue. Rest in peace. Um, and no, I, I, right. I'm not spreading any germs from my dog, from me to my dog, or my dog to me. And if you believe that, then you know what? Don't buy a pet. Lay up in your bedroom and <laughs> wrap yourself in Dexter-type uh, wrap and wait for somebody to stab you right in the middle of the chest. <laughs> Now, it's very interesting, though, because uh, we've got a German Shepherd Collie mix, right? Since day one, since we brought him home from the pound, that dog has not licked anybody. Not once. Not, And I don't know what psychoses, you know what I mean? Because I've rarely known a dog, even Ruby. I mean, I don't know Ruby that well. When I first met Ruby, she barked at yeah. me for you know, yeah, an hour. Yeah, because I think you guys are... A Taller, balding, and she doesn't like. I think that that person beat her. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I can figure. Because otherwise, I mean, even last week George, she never seen George before. She went right up to George and let George pet right. her, and didn't even merely give a bark like Duke's doing in the background right now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I just thought that's very interesting, and a lot of our listeners probably have dogs or pets, and you know, I don't know it's. And I've had various dogs lick my face and whatever, and I've never died or anything like that. But, um, you know, or, or, you know, the dog hasn't gotten sick or I've had to take the dog to the hospital or... Right, no, nor have you ever read like, ah, oh, so-and-so died because right. the dog licked its face. Yeah, so, I mean, some of this stuff is like probably like... If they're writing this, like on the internet, like anything else, they're probably like CYA, like cover your ass in, in case... And something were to happen, possibly, I don't want to like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spin your uh, random question into a different thing. It's like, what's more disturbing? You know, you're not going to a bestiality. Yes, I am. Oh yes, God. sir. 28 episodes. You know me, bud. What's, what's more disturbing? Bestiality in and of itself, or that a lot of. Uh, municipalities, cities, states, countries, this, that, and the other thing, it's actually a law where it's especially the one that, the one that's really baffling is like it is in the in this particular ordinance where it is against the law 
to have be- necrophilia bestiality. So the, what's more disturbing is like the, the person fucking the dead animal or the fact that it's like, you know what, this could get out of control, so, so they we, better, we better put a law that says, you know what, you can't fuck a dead animal. Now, seriously, what is more right. disturbing? I actually think the fact that you have to put a law, like, no, I actually think it's more disturbing you have to put a law. Because after all, right. I mean, who's really hurt by it? So you're going to put a law against it? It's like, right. that, well, that's just crazy. It's like, but it's like, you know what? At some point, this could get out of the control where but, our residents are going to fuck that animal. So we better the, put this on the books. But that's on the same level, okay? You, you're, all you're doing is trying to protect humans from themselves. It's on the same level as putting the warning on the, the, the walking lawnmower, the push behind lawnmower that says, don't put your fingers underneath here when it's running. You know what I mean? Right. That, yeah. True. You know why? Because people have done it. Right. Or you know, <laughs> coffee's hot. Yeah, I didn't yeah. order not iced coffee. I ordered a coffee. <laughs> right. It should be hot, but it's like, yeah, that's just weird. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> you know what? We better make that illegal because I see this getting out of control. <laughs> I mean, it's just craziness. It's just. I mean, it, and I think you summed it up best. It's like, yeah, you have to you protect people, people from, the, from, from themselves, themselves. Like, absolutely i took a couple of i took a couple of uh, business law classes and and half of that is uh how often do you spend talking about caveat emptor <laughs> well uh that's latin for be uh buyer beware thank you yeah oh here come the snacks thanks shally um yeah so it's like yeah you have to do it and yeah um, no, I mean, I mean, uh, half of my business law classes were pretty much, you know, either a, how do companies or municipalities like you're talking about, how do they protect people from themselves, you know, or from, you know, you talk about Lee Iacocca and the Pinto, you know, how how there was a whistleblower and they sat down at forward at the time and said hey you know yeah we know this bolt in the back of the axle if there's a if there's a collision in the back of the car at seven miles an hour or greater that bolt is going to puncture the gas tank you know and there's going to be there's a possible explosion is going to happen well you know what it's going to cost us x amount of dollars to recall all the pintos in the in the U.S. and it's going to cost us possibly X amount of dollars in the lawsuits based on the number of explosions that we think is going to happen. Eh, you know, we'll go to court. It'll be cheaper. Right. And it, <laughs> I mean, I almost could, I can see a law on that. It's like, all right, well, we don't want anybody to explode. And hey, while we're at it. This is a great <laughs> segue, by the way. And while we're at it, don't fuck a dead bear in the street <laughs> or you will be given a ticket. Where is that? How Alaska? You, how do you approach that guy? <laughs> Very Are you carefully just driving. Very carefully. Seriously, you just keep driving. <laughs> if you know he's still naked and he's not carrying a weapon, then you you know you probably you're safe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I could even stop. What do you say though? Really? Like, yeah, this is hey, going, this is going off the rails hey, this, quick. Hey, this bear, this bear deserves better. It's like, well, what do I care? But if you'd be like looking at this, you'd you'd say to whoever, "Was that guy just fucking that bear?" 
our listeners are going, what the hell is going on with this pod right now? Well, but it, it's a, I mean, it's a well, valid I, point. In no, the, yeah. you know, there are laws Why that say you law? cannot have bestiality necrophilia. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's, I think it's more disturbing that you actually have to make a law, law. of that than that somebody does it. Because really, I guess if somebody does it, it's like, yeah. whatever, he's his own. <laughs> Yeah, right. As opposed to somebody says like, well, we're making a law because this is just running rampant and we cannot have it. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to rate this beer. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, is this you or me? I'm up first. Okay. Um, all right. So, way better than Northern Trippin', and I rated Northern Trippin' a 3.5. I rated Eiserbach... A 415, but it's a totally different beer. Totally. But I do like the Hazy Monday by Laguanitas. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Oddly enough, I'm going to go against what all our listeners are saying. Well, I know Mike's going to go higher than 4.15 because he's an IPA drinker. And I am. I, I, I stand by I'm an IPA drinker. So I am going to... But I really, really, really like the Eisbach. So I am going to give Hazy Monday. Hazy Monday? No, I just invented a beer. Hazy <laughs> Memory from Lagunitas. I am going to give a 4.10. Because of the night on the pot, I actually liked our middle selection of the Eisbach. A little better than Hazy Monday, although Hazy Monday is a phenomenal IPA. It is, and I agree. And I'm going to go, because I'm, I'm separating in my mind, I'm separating, like you said, um, the Eisenbach is a, is a different beer. But as IPAs go, I'm going to go, I don't know if I can go a 4.0. Part of me wants to go 4.0. Part of me does not, uh, wants to stay below that. Uh, I'm trying to think of... Um, you know, these IPAs in the similar category that we've had before. It's very good. I'm going to go 3.95. Solid ranking, solid ranking. So now, actually, before we close this out, going into episode 29, yes. do we... I just thought of this. Because leading into 28, I was always like, Okay, I'm rating Hazy Memory versus the the other 80 beers that we've had. Right. Does it make more sense to just, like, do our ratings on the three of the night? Mm. See what, you see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you have a beer that is dropped out, it's like, oh, this is the greatest beer I've ever had, then, yeah, rate it accordingly. But because um, Hazy Monday was phenomenal. Yeah. Loved it. Hazy, but I think hazy I, memory. Why do I keep wanting to say hazy Monday? Because we had we had a um, the orange cat. Oh, I hate Monday. I hate Monday. Okay, and that we rated that high. That Very was high. a yes. four point two. But like I said, the Eisbach. Yeah. I honestly think I think the Eisbach is my favorite beer of the night, and that's why I gave. I couldn't go more than four point one five on the hazy memory. Right. Because I, I think you're I. I and it's it's difficult in this respect because between and those again the five hundred thousand to one point five million listeners, uh, if you've been paying attention, um, 
between Z's pet polar bear, um, the helmet breaker, you know, fog cutter, which we have not done on the pod, but is your favorite. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, and what I mean? you and George both rated liked it a lot because you guys sampled it. Oh off. yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was very, a- very good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know it's. I still have to, for me, I have to separate them because they are different beers. Right, and um, I agree. So, but, but what I'm saying is, should we, should our ratings be of the night or of all time? I mean, hey, we're 28 episodes in. You know, yeah, it's going to evol- get difficult to... Evolving is yeah. what everything's all about. And like I say, so my favorite beer of the night, it right. was the Eisbach. Even though okay. I'm an IPA drinker, but right. the Eisbach was fucking phenomenal. Right. I think because we, in my mind, because we put the untapped rating, those the untapped crowd is is rating that particular beer versus... You know, others in its style, right. you know, all the way through. So that's kind of how I, in, that's how I perceive it. Is I'm rating, you know, an, the IPAs, even though there's different styles of right. IPAs. I'm rating right. the IPAs pretty much in one category. The porters and stouts, I kind of, honestly, I rate those in the same kind of category. Um, and then when you get into the gozes and the the Kolsch's and the, you know some of the other the ales, um, you know I'm 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 because I can't. No, I, I it, yeah, and you can't memorize eighty beers over a twenty-eight week period because we've gone weekly for twenty-eight weeks. But so now, but like, I went because I think the Eisbach is was the best of the night. So I went four one right. five, and I really like hazy memory, and I went four one zero. You've got a three nine zero for Heisbach, Heisbach, right? And a three nine. So you actually like the hazy memory better than the Heisbach. Um, Heisbach. For hey, anybody knows German? It's E I S B O C K. Is that Heisbach? Maybe. Or, yeah. I mean, you bring up a good point, but I am saying based on the ratings. I really separated that out based on the ratings I gave some of the other IPAs. You know, 3.95 was where I think it fit in with the beers that we've tasted Okay. in the IPA and, category. And that, that makes for the interesting discussion because so now, based on the ratings, your favorite beer of the night is Hazy Memory. Um, based on the ratings. Sure. But I see that. But on the flip side, I see what you're saying is like, hey, compared to other IPAs, yeah. I'm going to put this IPA at 3.95, and based on other non-IPAs, I'm going to put the Eisbach at 3.90 because I love IPAs. I, I mean, right. and the hazy right, right. memory it was fantastic. I'm not. There's sure. no knock whatsoever on it. But oddly enough, I actually think my favorite beer of the night yep. was the Eisbach, yeah. and that's why I went 4.15. On the Eisbach, and it's like, well, if I like Eisbach better than Hazy Memory, mm-hmm. how can I rate Hazy Memory higher than 4.15, and therefore I want 4.10? Sure. I, and I get that. I mean, at this point, it's all semantics. Sure, it, absolutely, <laughs> and that's what we're talking about. Um, but, as I alluded to in segment two, you know, with me, with my sweet tooth, um, you know, we've had several, we've had a s'mores, you know, stout 
uh, Porter. I can't remember what that. What was that last week? Jeez, it was only last week. What's my? Yeah, that was the. Uh, my, what's my um, issue? Uh, Shiner. Shiner. Yeah, the yeah. Shiner Smorsons. Um, but that was not necessarily, if I remember correctly, that was not a. Um, that wasn't a. That wasn't a Porter or a Stout. Right. Well, nor is Eisbach, but neither one of our porters are stout or um, an IPA. Right. So, I don't know. Do you know? In, 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 you know, <laughs> as we bring in the uh, uh, blunts and brews <laughs> reformulation of the pod, do we also get into higher qualifications? Like, all right, well, this is what we're rating. But hey, that's what we got to get to. Yeah, yeah, we got to get to that. But talk anyway, about that and figure that out. At this point, I looked down the bottom of my glass, and as the late great Stuart Scott said, "You ain't got to go go home, but you got to get the cap." How the fuck did I fuck that up after 28 <laughs> episodes? I don't know. All right, we're not even at, we don't edit shit, listeners. This is fucking boom. As I look into my glass, I see I'm out of beer, and as the late great Stuart Scott once said, "You ain't got to go home." But you got to get the heck up out of here.